Yeah, let's give the Lord a shout of praise. I mean, as you grab a seat, I wanted to say good evening. And um, thank you so much to the team for leading us in worship tonight. And thank you so much to everybody who put on an extra jacket to come to church. Maybe the 430 thing isn't the, isn't the real saints, George. They aren't the real saints. These are the real saints. Yeah. And um, I hope you've had a lovely Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Uh, talk about mothers. I'm going to just introduce myself. My name is Vince. And today I'm going to be preaching about the exact time and day Jesus is returning. So you can take out your calendars. And uh, that's a joke, by the way. I told that to somebody before the service. And then I said, rather, why can't you, why can't you guys preach about how to understand a woman? And then I said, I think that's what eternity is going to require to. But, no, I didn't. But then I'd rather, say, I'd rather say this. Women are not to be understood they're just to be served. Okay? So, yeah. Uh, I'm batting for the ladies' team here. Come on, yeah, yeah. So, so just making sure that the guys know that their job is not to understand them, it's to serve them. That's biblical. Well, my name, my name is Vince. I've been, I've been here at Father's House for 12 years. I've been in staff here for 10 and a half, well, 11 years now. And I, I usually stand here somewhere leading worship. So my comfort blankie is gone. My comfort blankie is my guitar because it hides this area which I now have to suck in for about 30 minutes. Okay, that's the first miracle that's gonna happen tonight. Okay, the second one is we're gonna talk about a habit that could turn your heart. A habit that could turn your heart. Before we get there, so a little bit of history for myself. I studied civil engineering right down the road here where a lot of you study at the moment or might have studied when it used to be called PE Technicon. And I did civil engineering there. I spent seven or eight years in the civil engineering industry, built some of Kucha, some of the harbors, some of the roads down there, some of the roads you drive on, I built those ones. And I'm very proud and God's called me into a different season and to a different space to be able to express better what He has put in me. And that's through music and through the gospel, amen? It um, doesn't matter where I went, I was looking for an opportunity to talk about Jesus. As an engineer, I realized my second job is engineer. My first job is disciple of Jesus Christ. And I've been sent to the world and into the world to make a difference and to reveal Him so that He could heal their hearts and reveal Him as the lover of their soul. Amen. Well, I'm also a husband. So uh, I'm a husband to a beautiful wife. I have a picture of my family here. They're here somewhere. That's my family. Uh, we went for an ice cream the other day. So... So that's my wife over there. Happy Mother's Day to my wife. She's not here. She's taking care of the children at home. And, and my oldest daughter is there with a hat on that's blowing slightly up. Her name is Nova. And then on the far left here is Vida. As you can clearly see, she's the clown of the family. And she, she's just really such a ball of energy. Uh, there's another photo I wanted to show you of them. This is how cool they are. There's something else here. Oh, man, come on. Is that to melt your heart? And then they're just like best buds. I just want to share a quick testimony on our family story. You know, um, for, for eight or nine years, Sharice and I prayed that we, that, that we could have children and it didn't happen. So we did all the things, you know. And we prayed, Lord, please, 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 please. And then every month it's a disappointment and you go for IVF and you go for AI and you go see doctors and you spend all your money on these things. And the whole time it was quite a bit of striving, not knowing that God was waiting for the appointed time and he was ignoring some of my prayers and I'm so thankful he ignored those prayers, those prayers of now. And Lord, it's getting late here. Um, we're getting closer to, you know, 30 and 40 and etc. 
And what I didn't realise is God was putting together two best friends. You know? And now I realise that verse that says, you know, He could do far more than you can imagine ask or He's doing that. And I realised, God, that's true. You're doing it right now. So that's the testimony of my family. My personal life, I started, I started leading worship in the year 1998. Um, one or two of us were born uh, back then, but I started leading worship then and, and I kept on singing because singing and giving thanks to Jesus did something to my heart that was so profound I could not explain it. So I never stopped singing for that reason. Anyway, so tonight, I wanted to talk to you about a habit that could turn your heart. When, when maybe, maybe your heart's in a place that things are not changing and your heart's bothered by it. Maybe, maybe you're in a place where you feel like it doesn't matter what you do, it's just no use. You've, you've given your life to Jesus even, and things just don't feel any different. Things feel incomplete in a way. And maybe you've been neglecting this basic habit. It's going to be a really basic encouragement tonight. Um, but it's often the most powerful thing we can do. So I want to talk about that habit tonight. And, and, and I wanted to, to talk about it from a passage in Luke 17. So in Luke 17, we, we find the story of the 10 lepers who come, who, who come asking Jesus for help. And we're going to read it. And then from that, I'm going to take two very important things. I might stop here and there along the way and just deliver some commentary. Are we ready? Are you ready to learn the habit that could turn your heart? Here we go. Luke 17, verse 11. We're going to start here. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. I just wanted to explain something quickly. Now, now, People used to walk around this border between Samaria and Galilee because these two, these two Samaritans and Galileans, they did not get along. So there's a lot, of a, ten, a lot of tension there on that little strip just between the two places. And that was also where there's some colonies of lepers and just outcasts lived there. And it was a place people avoided. So they usually took a longer route around just to avoid this place. And what I wanted to encourage you to know, what's going to happen is Jesus is getting in there with you, into those places you're avoiding. Jesus getting in to those places. He, he's paying attention to those places that you've been avoiding. He's coming in to take you out another way. You thought there was no other way out. He's coming in there. He might not change a situation, but he can change a person in the situation. So you've been taking the long road around some things, but let's carry on. Um, that was for free, by the way. So he was traveling between the border uh, of uh, Samaria and Galilee. Verse 12, it says, As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. Oh, that sounds like shame, isn't it? Sometimes we feel like God's not the one who stands at a distance. We are because we have some shame we have to deal with. I pray that we're going to deal with that tonight. So then it says, They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He said, they called out in a loud voice and he came back in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? 
Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go, your faith has made you well. But also one thing about colonies I wanted to say is that they used to, they used to travel together. They used to, misery loves company, doesn't it? So you outcast and you just find people much like you. And there were people from different nations then uh, coming together in these leper colonies, these 10 people. So the Samaritans, Galileans, some other people. So different people. And they came around this common suffering or this common, um, this common problem. And I wanted to maybe ask you to watch out for um, the company you keep because misery loves company. In times when you're feeling, you know, I just, you know, those people are around me are complaining and they are negative, then just, just take, look in the mirror and get, get out of there. And uh, misery loves company. So these people came around this common issue. You know, when people go through a hurt or through somebody hurt them, they find, yeah, yeah, those people hurt me as well. Those people did this as well. And they find common cause. But those are often places of illness. So um, the last line there I wanted to read, it says, it says, then he said to them, rise and go, your faith has made, me, made you well. The title of today's message is this. I just have to go back for something quickly. Have you ever done that? You feel like you left the house or your flat and you're like, I just... Oh, I feel incomplete. Sorry? Anybody do that? You feel like, what is that? I feel like I left something <laughs> every day. The older I get, uh, I just feel like I forgot something. So you feel in, incomplete. I just have to, I just have to go back for something. What? Or you, uh, what happens to me when I'm really halfway driving in my car, halfway coming down to work or to church, I go, have I got my phone? And then my phone's busy playing the music in the car that I'm listening to. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's obviously there. But I wanted to, to talk to you, but I just have to go back for something quickly. Let's look at a very first important key moment in this scripture. It's a beautiful scripture, really. Beautiful. It's so, so rich. Just want to take two things from it for you tonight. The first little phrase I wanted to highlight is the following one. As they went. As they went. Sometimes you're not cured in the moment. You're cured on momentum. Cured on momentum. You know, I told you the story about my family and how our family came together. There was no curing in the moment. There was curing in momentum. Keep going. We want God to heal us before we go, but God wants to heal you as you go. Keep serving, keep praying, keep reading, keep looking for a small group. Sometimes it even hurts as you go. Imagine a leper, like the limbs are falling off basically but it must have hurt to go. Sometimes it hurts. You feel like you want to give up. But the miracle is in the momentum of walking by faith. Faith in his word, that he will keep you in peace as you follow him. You see, faith is believe, then go, then you'll see. And the opposite to that is sight. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by Sight. So faith and doubt are not opposites. Faith and sight are opposites, according to the, word, the, the Bible. So walking by faith is believe and go on what you, he has said and you'll see. And eyes or sight living is, okay, I want to see and then I'll believe and then I'll go. But God wants to heal you as you go.
And so that we can say, you see, by the time they, they had gotten there, or by the time they were even going to get there, they were healed. And I wanted to say to you tonight, by the time you get there, by the time you get there, it'll be okay. By the time you get there, God's going to sneak in a miracle. And before you know, it'll happen. His Word will take care of you. This is really something I felt very strongly to, connect, to, to, to communicate tonight, is His Word will take care of you. You see, you take all the risk appointed to you and you keep all your confidence in His Word to take care of you as you go. So His Word cleans you as you go. There's this, there's this funny story about a boy whose dad was a farmer and he once, uh, the, the farmer's boy once said to him, he said, he said Dad, why, why read the Bible? Nothing sticks. It's like I just read it and it all just goes goes out of my head. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I, I can't retain anything. Often I feel like that. I'm just reading and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Will I ever remember this? I have no idea. So, so the dad says to the boy, he says, okay, I'll tell you what. Take this basket and go down to the river and then draw water from the river and go water some of, um, some of the plants at the top of the hill for me. Okay, said the boy. He took a basket. He thought it was weird. A basket? He took a basket. He scooped up some water. But by the time he was halfway up the hill, there's no more water in the basket. It's all obviously running out the basket. It's not a bucket. He went to his dad and he said, this is useless. Okay, I took the basket. All the water leaked out. It's never going to get there. And his dad said, try it again. Uh, Go for it again. Have a look. And then the boy went back to the river, scooped up some water, back up the hill. And he just went back to his dad and said, why? What? What is going on? And he said, just one more time. <laughs> he went back to the river, basket, full of water, up the hill, no water left, go back to his dad and said, Look, this, I, I don't understand, I'm not going to do this again. And his dad said, well, there might not be any water in it, but look at it. It's cleaner now, isn't it? You know, sometimes you might not feel like you're retaining some of the words you're reading, but keep reading because the word of God has got cleansing power for our mind, for our hearts. Amen? His Word will clean you. His Word will take care of you. We must live thankful and trust in God for future grace. You see, when, when you take all the risks to go, or you have to go, He sends His Word ahead of you, and it takes care of you as you go. And that is what it means to trust God for future grace. The Word says He goes ahead of you to prepare it's the way ahead of you. So we can either trust God for his future grace or we can trust ourselves in our fearful skepticism. <laughs> future grace says this, I'm trusting in God's future faithfulness even, that his word will take care of me as I go. Your fearful skepticism might say, well, it's fear of my own future failure if I go, if I don't. Anyway, as they went, well, here's one important uh, note about these lepers. Okay, so, so the story's happening, and now the, as they went, they were going to be cleansed. But now these 10 guys must have known some of the rules, okay? Some of the rules were, you can only go to the priest once you were healed. So when Jesus said to them, go to the priest, they must have thought, but we're not healed. But they went anyway. You can't go to the priest until you were healed, but... They weren't supposed to go until they got healed. So try, have you, why do we try to come to Jesus already healed? 
when we should be coming to Jesus to be healed. Am I trying to fix things before coming to Him when He is the one who helps us be healed? So you must have, you can think about these lepers now. They, where must I, I must go there, in, back into town where there are people who are healthy, who run away from me. I haven't been allowed to see my family and lepers would often never see their family again because they'd totally be total outcasts. And they're now thinking, must I go there amongst the whole people while I'm broken? You ever felt like that? Must I go there to, to a place where people are fine and I'm the only one who's broken? But God wants to heal you as you go. He doesn't want to heal you so you can go. While you walk, keep walking. You had an encounter with Jesus, but it felt like nothing changed. Just keep walking. Have you ever gotten over something you just didn't know that you even did? (laughs) It's so amazing. Like I said earlier, he just has the potential to sneak something in. He's sneaking in a miracle for you today. I uh, I I got over so many things without noticing by just keeping my faith journey going. Keep that fire burning. It's not always the case though. Some do not get healed. They do get whole though. Sometimes you get whole before you get healed. Because God's purpose with Jesus was for you to be made whole in Him, not just healed by Him. And that's why the story is sort of a half and half story. So how do we get this wholeness and stay in wholeness? What is the habit that could really turn our hearts so the things don't determine our mood and our happiness or our joy. How does that come about? Well, that's what my second point's about. It's just focusing on these two words, on the words, came back. This guy, he understood the full assignment, okay? He understood the assignment. It's giving success. <laughs> it's giving full marks. It's giving A. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a bit old, eh? I'm a bit old for that. I didn't, I didn't know if that was going to fly. <laughs> but here it is. It's flying. I wanted to paint a little picture for you. This guy doubled back. And, and you can imagine. Okay, I, I, I didn't want to make anyone Jesus or anybody a leper. But, but let, me, <laughs> let me paint you a picture. I'll be both. Uh, Jesus comes into this place everyone's avoiding. And, and it says... He saw them and he said. Now, a lot of the sermons I listen to and a lot of the research I read, a lot of the people looks at the, he sees them. But that's why I wanted to focus on, on he said. And that's why he said, as they went. So they trusted in that word. And then he said, they said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Not heal us, have mercy or pity on us. And Jesus says, Jesus says, go see the priest. Now, I'm... They weren't standing right next to each other. It says they stood afar off or at a distance. Typically, it would have been about 20 meters. And you'd have to stand like, if you're a leper, you have to make sure that if the wind's blowing this way, you can't have anybody this way of you. And sometimes you feel like the things around you, can people tell? Can people tell? You know, it's that shame. So they had to make sure they were like not, the wind's not gonna blow, they smell towards Jesus and like have pity on us say the lepers and and then Jesus says go see the priest 
show yourself to the priest. And like, okay, yes, we know it's going to happen now, but we can't, we can't go until we're healed. But, but as they went, and the one guy stopped. So he was, as he went, he saw he was being healed. And then he probably, I just have to go back for something quickly, guys. They're all getting healed. But what, where they were headed was to the old priest. The old priest was, come, let me have a look. And then we're going to make some sacrifices. And that's what's going to happen. But this guy doubled back because he realized or asked, what priest was, it, was he talking about? That one? Or what priest was he talking about? Go and see the priest. And he realized maybe Jesus was saying, actually saying, come here. Just like that. Come here. You don't have to stand afar off. He understood the assignment. Well, the other guys got healed. So they started off in faith, but then they went to sacrifices, works. You know what I'm saying? This guy came back to give thanks. That's powerful. No more sacrifice for acceptance. We are accepted prior to our cleansing. Instead of preaching, now do what this guy did. Come to Jesus and say thank you. I heard a lot of sermons like that researching. I said, that's, no, 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 no. I said, do what this guy did. Don't do what those other nine did, rebuking them. Instead of saying, do what this guy did, I want to say, what did this guy believe? What did he believe? He believed that when we are freely healed, we freely give thanks. The others believed, maybe if I'm conditionally healed, I will conditionally give thanks. So they had to go offer sacrifices. So sometimes we start off in faith. Yes, Jesus, we start off in faith. But, but, but then somewhere we go back into, I'll do that thing myself now. And so we started off on the right foot, but then somewhere along the line, we got to, oh, I did something wrong, so now I'm gonna, oh Lord, I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna go to church. Uh, and Lord, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I just want to show you I love you and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast for 10 days because, you know, and you get stuck in this works mode to prove to God somehow that you, I don't know, want to keep this thing He gave you. This really changed for me a while ago. I heard myself on radio. I heard something I'd said and the radio station thought, oh, that's good. We should put that in the radio for an advert or something like that. And I heard it and I, I thought, oh my, that doesn't sound right. I said the following, I said, I want to live the rest of my life to show Jesus, pay him back for the something, something that I did for all the love he gave me. I thought that sounds like guilt gratitude. That doesn't sound like real gratitude. It sounds like guilt gratitude. It sounds like I, I'm just gonna keep, I, I just wanna keep Jesus happy because what if I don't show him I'm thankful enough? Will he take the healing away? Will he, um, so I go back to the old priest's ways. I'm not trusting in the new priest. I'm back to trusting the old priest. Sacrifices, Lord, I'll show you I'm worthy of the things that you've given me. And, but my main encouragement to you tonight is to enjoy the debt of Grace. Enjoy this debt of grace. Be indebted to God's grace forever. Freely he received, freely he gave thanks. You see, because if we have guilt gratitude, you will end up spiritually broke. <laughs> You'll say like, oh, things just never work out. 
yeah, just, I just, I don't know, I've got nothing left. That's what you'll end up saying if you have guilt gratitude. When we think we are saved or God accepts or loves us because we did this or did that, we give thanks to him out of a fear of losing it. I have a very good friend um, who had a lovely home in a place called Cannon Rocks. And we'd go on holiday there all the time, go visit there, stay over there. And I just thought, when, how would I ever be able to pay these people back? And I realized I had a problem. Because what I do is I, like, I try, like, I'll wash the dishes every night. I'll cook, I'll cook, I'll do things, I'll clean. I'll be not a nuisance to you. I'll tell you thank you a million times. Because I thought I had a fear of losing this great gift. And also I'm just, because I thought I could never pay this back, this great and generous gift. That's guilt gratitude. That's guilt gratitude. Maybe you feel guilty towards your mother for how much she sacrificed for you are, towards your wife, your husband. You have guilt gratitude towards somebody who you just can't pay back. I really pray that it's not entering your relationship with Jesus, this guilt gratitude thing. Lord, I'll show you, I was, you know, I think that's unbiblical. We must enjoy this debt of grace forever and give thanks. Give thanks. The last story is about boats. I don't know much about boats, except, you know, they've got a top and a bottom, I guess. <laughs> if you think about a sailboat, a, a, let's imagine a sailboat with an enormous sail and a tiny little hull. Now that boat, you see them sometimes, like those, those like, I don't know, those things that race along. If you have a massive sail, and a tiny little hole, tiny boat, that seems to be fast. It'll be so fast. But as soon as one wave comes or a storm comes, then if you think of a boat with a massive hole and a tiny sail, it's going to be very stable, but going to go nowhere. Okay? Our praise and thanksgiving is the mast. And our knowledge of Jesus is this ballast or the hull. Some of us have lots of affection, no knowledge. As soon as a storm comes, poof. some of us, lots of knowledge, like the knowledge, but tiny sail. I wanted to ask you, don't only increase your knowledge, lift up big sails of thanksgiving and gratitude to Jesus. Lift up big sails, amen. That's what this guy did. I'm gonna lift up my sail, say thank you. I forgot something. I just go, I'll be back quickly, you know. They did it in a loud voice. A voice of thankfulness. Thankfulness should have been a gift. It keeps us humble because we've benefited by grace and not of our own efforts. It's to live communion. It reminds us of what we've benefited totally by grace. One says, Lord, I'll do this for you. And the other one says, look what the Lord has done. Stay indebted to grace forever. Let's live in order to enjoy God's grace, not live in order to alleviate our guilt. That's not life at all. We owe Him so much. Christ's death paid for even the gratitude we owe Him. <laughs> we owe Him so much, too much for us to be able to give back. So simply just be okay with being indebted to grace forever. His marvelous grace. Say donkey for the Have you heard that? Say donkey for the 
tentang kita nih. So now I don't ask God for strength. Neither do I even ask him to do the things I can't do. I simply praise him as my strong tower, as my Jehovah strength. The mountains melt like wax before him. The earth shakes at the sound of his voice. Mountains bow down, nations tremble. He is great in power, awesome in splendor. As the old song says, great and mighty is he. And in me praising him in his strength, he releases a portion back to me in multiple measures. Because whatever I give God, he shakes up and sends back. He's the multiplier. That's real prosperity. Praise him and he renews strength. Even when it hurts. Gratitude is the real habit that can turn our hearts. So sing and give thanks even against bitterness, against your anger, against your disappointment. Sing a new song against your condemnation, self-condemnation, against your fears, against your worries. Sing a new song. This is really real prosperity and wholeness. He says then to this leper, he says, go, your faith has made you whole. Thanksgiving is like the full stop to the miracle. All the miracles that happened for my family, God putting the puzzles together. And I felt like even when it had happened, it was incomplete until I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, you ignore my prayers. Thank you. Even when I didn't trust you, you were faithful. Thank you. And that brought about a wholeness in me and in you. Let's come back to say thank you. Tonight I wanted to show you a habit that can change and turn our heart. When things aren't changing, you feel like things are not working out, it's no use, you feel incomplete, this is the habit that could change your heart. Live communion, remembering His grace. Live indebted to the grace of Jesus. Go to the priest, the right one. Go to the right priest and give him thanks. Praise is the substance God uses to manufacture your wholeness. Praise and thanksgiving is the substance God uses to manufacture your wholeness. I wanted to ask if we could sing a song. Is that okay? Just in this moment, I wanted to, I wanted to sing a song. We could stay seated. And at the end of it, we can stand to pray. But I wanted to take a moment, just for you personally, to put a full stop on some of the things happening in your life. It's tough to give thanks. And life has sort of shrunken down to the size of your problems. Lift up your eyes and let's give thanks together. Let's enjoy this debt of grace and gratitude we owe Jesus so we could never pay back and just say thank you. Is that okay? Can we do that tonight? I hope this song ministers to you. It's, it's called Thank You, Jesus um, by Charity Gale, actually. I'm gonna sing it. You take a moment. You don't have to sing with. The lyrics will be on the screen and I'm gonna pray for you at the end. Is that okay? Amen. Yeah, let's, let's, let's have it, Kieran. I was lost, I was 
separated the breach is far too wide but from the far side of the chasm you held me in your sights so you made a way across the great divide left behind heaven's road to build it here inside and there at the cross you paid the debt i owe broke my chains freed my soul for the first time i had hope thank you jesus
Lies. Come give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Can we stand together? Can we stand together to pray, everybody? Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Yeah, Lord, we are not coming to give a guilt offering of thanksgiving tonight. We want to throw off the going to the old priest. We want to trust in your word and fully live embracing your grace. We're going to throw off false and dead religion. We started in faith. We're going to continue trusting that your word will take care of us. Father, your word will sustain us. It will give life. So we just come saying thank you, Jesus, for this great and awesome gift. So Lord, I pray for every situation, every, every situation being offered up in this room today where it seems like there's just incompleteness. It's, would you, Holy Spirit, teach us the habit that could turn our hearts? Would you teach us the art of thanksgiving, of gratitude, the art of saying thank you, Jesus? That we lift up our sail and that our boats, our boats won't go nowhere and it won't blow over in a storm, but we lift high that, that banner of salvation, praising you for our strong tower. So Father, we pray that our gratitude won't just be a feeling, but a real action. Thank you, Jesus. Just before we leave, I want to say that people in front here to pray for you. And if you're in an incomplete situation, you need somebody to stand with you just to give thanks. Just to give thanks, to find the words. Sometimes you can't even say, what, 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 what have I got to say thank you for? Come pray with somebody and help them to let you give thanks. So Father, would you rid us from guilt, gratitude and would you rid us from the bonds of works and religion so we might enjoy your grace forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And the church said, Amen. Have a lovely Sunday further, Father's house. Have a lovely warm week. There's coffee afterwards. And we'll, oh, and the starting point afterwards as well, week two. We'd love to see you there if you want to join the church. Cheerio.